been a junkie, I just dropped a lot, ayy, and I dropped a lot, ayy, and I dropped a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just dropped a lot, ayy, and I dropped a lot, ayy, and I dropped a lot, ayy, and I I ain't a junkie, I just dropped a lot I ain't really got a lot of thoughts I just pack them in a box So I popped up on this pod Now I'm outside of the box When I pop up on the clock Last thing I think is talk See, I'm winning it now Loving it three and a thou They peeping my style Keeping it now Steadily growing my Dow Jones Oh no These kids be thinking they crowd Oh no, no Immediately throwing the towel See, when it's different, it's different Go position by position Ain't no issue commission As a commission, I just listen They envision my vision And my division of Stealing, cause I be willing and dealing. Find me the trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Dynasty Junkies episode 48. That's right. It's your man at Scott underscore Sidlow on the mic tonight with a special guest, the one and only at Vito's Casino. What's going on, my brother? How's it going, Scott? It's great to be here tonight. I'm in my room. I got all my stuff here. The NFL schedule was released. We just had the NFL draft. All my rookie drafts are going on. I am like, for being in the middle of the offseason, this is about as good as it gets, I think, right? Hey, that's why there is no offseason. We've always got something going on, man. Here we are in the middle of May, hyped up about football. I mean, you got to love it. The NFL has created quite the machine. And of course, for us dynasty junkies, I mean, we're just, <laughs> it's just what we do, man. So well, uh, look at this nation of all the film study too. It's like in college, you do all the study and you finally get your exams and then the drafts happen. And now it's like, oh my God, I'm on the clock. I got <laughs> I'm trying to get a good grade here in my draft. So all your studying finally pays off. And then you, and you never know, you feel like it pays off. You do your victory lap and then you see what happens when the season starts. And then, yeah. And then a year later, you realize you drafted Hakeem Butler in the first round, and you're like, son of a... Don't even talk to me about... I have him on another... I pick I have him on another team. I'm like, well, maybe he'll be a tight end. Is he still in Philadelphia? <laughs> like, oh, you never know. I, I, I literally thought that was like, maybe there's a chance. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, you know what? This year, we just take quarterbacks, and we don't have to worry about it, right? That's for sure. I didn't get my hands on a lot of them, though, so... <laughs> Hopefully they're all busts. Well, I got a, one of them is not a bust. Hopefully. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. We'll see. We'll see. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit. So, what do you? Uh, why don't you tell the folks, the listeners? We've got. Uh, this is actually back to back weeks with you because you were on Trade Addicts last week. So that's cool. Um, tell them about your amazing podcast. Yeah. I'm really making the rounds. I'm like a, I'm a guy who has a book to sell or like a movie star. I got a movie coming out or something. I'm going up on the shows here. But I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm. People call me cousin Vito. I'm Italian. I have a lot of cousins. That's kind of my nickname. I have a, a podcast, a non dynasty podcast, cousin Vito's casino podcast. So I'm a casino enthusiast. You know, we talk about comps. I love craps, poker. We do it all on the show. We'll have card counters on hosts. So I mean, it's a little mix of travel rewards, casino fun, fine dining, basically, you know, going wild in casinos all over the world. And I also host a little dynasty podcast. I did it. I do it for my own league, the Big Boy Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm on yes. all the things. So 
you know, we'll see. I, we're having fun with that. I have guests on the show. I should have you on the show. Maybe do our draft review here. Awesome. I'd love to. How Son Garrett Price has been on the uh, Pharaoh Fantasy. We've had a lot of fun stuff. Man, so. look at and that. I, myself here, I'm doing the rounds, and you know, it's been it's been fun. I and footballs, and it's it's funny because I just got into dynasty football a few years ago, but I've been kind of into it my whole life because I, as a diehard Bears fan, unfortunately, with you. <laughs> You're always looking in the draft books. I have someone behind me if you're watching the video. Yeah. And all the deep cuts you're hoping for. This guy, look at this guy's 40. Jaquiz Rogers, he's going to be good. You know, like you think back and you're like, you look at these old draft books and you're like, wow, I've been doing Dynasty for years, but that's right. You get to try and it's gambling. It's kind of win money on it. That's right. And, you know, use your smarts to uh, make a positive EV for your pocketbook every uh, Christmas when the, when the playoffs come in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. That's, I mean, Hey, I'm right there on the same page with you. So, uh, that's, that totally makes sense. So we had the, uh, schedule release, um, which apparently is like a big thing to people. And you get these crazy people calling into radio stations, like complaining about three straight road games or something like who cares, Jesus, who cares? Really? I mean, I guess that's what you complain about in May, but guess what? We're dynasty players. So we got drafts going on. We don't need to complain about the schedule, but, as a fan, as a season ticket holder, um, you know, I like to, I like to look at the primetime matchups. I obviously look at the, you know, what's the bears schedule, some of those things. And then, and then honestly, I just really start looking at the dynasty aspect of it. Right. So, uh, you know, if we look at the Bears schedule and we go, man, it looks like maybe a, a brutal, you know, first nine games before their bye week in week 10, but there's a couple of, uh, they get Detroit and Vegas. Detroit and Las Vegas weeks four and five. So I'm kind of thinking maybe week three, that might be the tipping point right there for Andy Dalton. And, and, you know, if we start one and two, oh, and three, that might be, Hey, it's fields time, baby. Let's give them two cupcakes to, to warm up and then let's roll right in. But do you think Nagy keeps him on the bench so it can maybe make it so no matter what, they can't get rid of him next year. You know what I mean? Cause if fields comes in too early and looks like it stinks, He's really screwing himself where if he's like, oh, no, he's not ready. We got to wait. And then they, you know, they bring him out like really quick at the end of the season. They're like, oh, yeah, that looked pretty good, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe next year. Yeah. At the end of the season there, he came in for like three or four games. He was really getting it, you know, where if he comes in early and he stinks, then they're like, all right, we, we got to figure yeah, something. We need, a new, we need another quarterback. The tubes, <laughs> with like all the other quarterbacks that have gone down the tubes here. But I got a question for you as a season ticket holder. So when you look at the, the schedule, right? Now, I, I'm a Bears fan, but I'm a New York guy. So I, I don't know how many years ago I have some season ticket holders and they were angry because the Giants and the Bears, they both are teams that normally are the one o'clock Sunday games if they're not a night game. Yeah, it sucks. And the NFL has been kind of mixing the schedule up where, you know, there was one year I know the Giants had like four or five, four o'clock games and all the season ticket holders were all pissed off because, you know, it's Sunday. They want to get, get, get out of the game by four, get home. <laughs> now, do you find yourself doing that? Like, do you have a preference? Like, obviously night games are fun and all that, but if you see all four o'clock, you're like, Hey, the four o'clock, I'd rather just go early tailgate, get it over. No, no. Listen, uh, I, I live in the suburbs, so it's not quick. Okay. This is, this is a full day. This is a full day. So if so it's a noon game driving, are you training? Yeah. Uh, we used to do the train thing back in the day, but honestly, it's such a hassle and we've got such an awesome system down now where we just drive in, we got a sweet parking spot and then we walk over, we hit bar Louie on the way, get a little pregaming in. And then, and then depending on, you know, the time we can go, go tailgate. 
hit up the south lot or or we head in the uh, north end zone directly to our seats. But the special spot is this like a rented spot? Do you know somebody like are you don't you know? spot is i'm sure it's like that's the hardest part of the game is getting a good spot well the thing is the thing is traffic the thing is traffic so if it's a noon game where i mean i'm leaving my house absolutely if i'm not tailgating you know we're just going straight to the absolutely no later than 7 a.m oh. i have to be out the door by 7 a.m Four o'clock games you're like thank god I get to so so yeah i uh well and then the thing is it just depends the time of year i mean there are times where we'll have you know a cubs game um a bears game a bulls game you know or a hawks game you know one of the two and uh because they share a stadium um but you'll have all three of those going on and i it's it's just a nightmare so and plus on top of that i'm not a morning person at all so (laughs) just give me the night games uh i will be glad to sell the noon games and i will i will go to the night games or the afternoon games and uh really enjoy that because honestly at night when you're coming home after the game and the game ends around maybe 11 central time i mean i can be home by midnight you know but like if if a game on a sunday afternoon ends at 3 3 30 and then you got a you got a hawks game that night or a bulls game that night, oh God, it's going to be, you're not getting home till eight, nine o'clock and you left at 7 a.m. I mean, it's a 14, 15 hour day. It's, wow, you're, you, you it's know, exhausting. Train rides to Madison Square Garden for the Knicks game seem really convenient to be honest. <laughs> I would drive down the street, get on the train, and then I walk in Manhattan. I got no car. All I got is what's in my pocket. Oh, man. I, I, yeah. Let's rub it in. <laughs> simple <laughs> life. Simple but, life. Yeah. But, no, I mean, it's part of the, you know, proximity. You know, it's, it's proximity. So, that's what it's all about. I mean, there's, there's actually, it's funny. Uh, there's a lot of rumors. There's a um, uh, horse racing track uh, called Arlington, Arlington National, and uh, it's like it's a big thing. Vince Vaughn hung out. He's he's from here, so he, he would hang out there all the time, and you'd see him. It's like, oh, hey, it's Vince, you know, whatever. Um, but like, it's it's a whole thing. Anyway, they're talking about they keep calling them the Arlington Bears, and there's all, always these rumors about oh, are they gonna move? They're gonna move the Bears out out to Arlington, and it's like, what are you what are you talking about? Like, it, it's funny people always ask me, and I was like, no, dude, this has been a rumor for like 30 years, okay? But now, now because of COVID and everything going on, the horse track closed. It's permanently closed, so now it's empty. So now the rumors are really just, oh, man, they're moving the bears out here. They're moving the bears out to Arlington. And it's it's a whole thing. And I'm like, man, I don't think people realize how big NFL stadiums are. Like, you know, you're not fitting. It's a horse track. Like, well, even if they moved them, couldn't they still just call them? I mean, the New York Giants are in New Jersey. The New well, York- yeah, no, I know. It's it's and, it's a, it's a well, whole thing. They, I mean, and they were working on Soldier Field. They were out of there for a while, too, and they were doing the Soldier Field. That's right. They were down in uh, Champaign, actually, um, down at the University of Illinois, which is three hours south. I have a cool um, Arlington track because I am I got this casino trip coming up. I was just looking at the, 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 the schedule for the ponies on that day. And yeah. they have a, a three twenty five in Arlington. Could it be reopening? Or it, it says t- May twenty one. Could Arlington be reopening on my little pony sheet, or is it dated? Mm, I, I I think it, it may be. Uh, I I think it may be a different one, <laughs> or or possibly um, I don't know something different. But there's there's definitely something about it is happening. Like the lease is expiring, or so, there's something with it. Well, they're so, not morning race, so maybe that's it. Maybe there's some. Maybe there's something with that is because of the COVID. They couldn't do all the the horses couldn't be close to each other or something, <laughs> or something like that. Who knows? 
All right. I'm sorry exactly. to do football talk with gambling and horse horse race talk. Sorry about this. Hey, but you know what? That's what we do, right? So, so what um, stood out to you about the Bears schedule? Because I'm scrolling through right now, and I'm on – I don't even know what website I'm on. It's a terrible view, so I'm trying to look at all the games. But what really stood out? I'm seeing the Bears have a, 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 a good amount of night games here, it seems like. Yeah, I think they've they've got a few. I mean, usually – the NFL tries to now I know the later later season ones are still the flex scheduling. Uh, so I did read up on that um, earlier this year that that they're still trying to keep that flex open. So some of those may not happen. Um, and I agree with that. Like I I, I don't want them to uh, I, we don't want to watch, you know, the Jets and the Bears on a Sunday night in, in November when they're both, you know, two and oh, yeah. know, ten. But yeah. uh Flex was a good. I don't think really anyone complains about the. I mean, if you yeah. if you get the flex, you're really a Debbie Downer. I feel like because yeah. it's a nonsense game. The only reason it stinks on you know in your central, so you're not too far off. But East Coast, the games always start so late. You're like, yeah, oh, a good game. I wish the games were on at four. I honestly have thought about moving to the West Coast just to enjoy football more. <laughs> it is that you wake up you have a you know um, you have a little scrambled eggs or something. The game starts. You put your face paint on. And then the, the night game's over by what seven eight o'clock. You go to bed. You go to work. I'm like, yeah. Oh, the next day, you know, I'm in, uh, in bed with the TV, the TV light glowing. Waking up, my eyes squinted, checking the score. <laughs> Especially when it gets the dynasty's playoff time, then I'm really like, wait until let me just make sure I get enough points from this guy, and I'm up. Oh yeah, I can't, I can't go to bed till it's over. It doesn't matter how tired I am. I, I gotta, I gotta watch the whole thing through. And I do so. like. Going to Vegas, maybe I'm. Maybe I'll. Yeah. Didn't make a pact with another. Uh huh. We go and meet out at Vegas, but uh huh. October 10th, I like that one. Oh, that's that's a great that's a great time. Unfortunately, my wife's going to be really pregnant, so I will not be able to make that happen, which I'm super upset about because that was as soon as they added that 17th game and it showed up as the um the Raiders were going to be our opponent. I was like, Ooh, it's great, uh, man. And it's like, it's funny thing is it's just like, nobody, nobody gives a shit about the Raiders. It's like, we just want to go to Vegas. Yeah, no, I, and I'm going to see the new stadium. They got the bottle served. Yeah, the new stadium though. It looks, looks cool. I did see it. I was out there uh, a couple years ago, early stages of being built. So it, it looked pretty cool back then. It, it no, it's, it's definitely beautiful. And the the best part about going to the game in Vegas is you could get free rooms. They got everything out there. You go to the store. You could go buy some pot. Go do whatever you want in Vegas. Right, right. Game and there's Uber. You know, I mean, the Uber actually. I've been hearing bad rumors that Uber's been tough to get out there and expensive. But you're you know you're you're close enough where it's not that long of an Uber ride, especially if you're right. down South Strip, Mandalay Bay area. It's like, oh man, I'm actually let me look up flights right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I I wish it was just I mean it's actually a good time because the travel it's in the early fall so you don't have the snow factor as much in early October. Where that's true. That's true. The December games you're like hopefully we make it there on time. Right. Right. Over well, and the, and the weather won't be you know October should be nice out there. You know it's not going to be like crazy hot. You know so that's I I always thought it was weird watching games in in hot weather but. You know, hey, that's Midwest for you. I don't mind the Vegas dry heat. I mean, maybe it's because I'm always hyped up when I'm on walking the strip, <laughs> but I'll have the cocktail. I'm never like I'm hot because it's not really that humid. You know, it's <laughs> I'm, I'm roasting. I'm getting a tan out here. You know, maybe it's the adrenaline pumping, but I don't yeah. mind 
Vegas. That's, that's fair. That's a fair point. As if I'm, you know, getting doused with sun for four hours, hung over in the stands, maybe I'll hate it. But <laughs> at this point, I'm excited. But uh, but I also got this is uh, too, too much casino talk. But my, I, I, my, I used to get Southwest out of uh, my Hartford Airport. I'm out in Connecticut. Straight okay. They canceled it. I got my Southwest points. I got all my Southwest stuff. I did it a few times. They canceled the direct flight. So now I got no what? flight from Hartford. I got to go to New York or Boston. It's like the biggest pain. It's like, oh, man. Weird. Let me get, hang on. I got to see if I can find my violin because I'm really uh, depressed. <laughs> so so how far is that then? You have to you have to drive out there and then fly? Is yeah. Because like, Manhattan, I mean, I could train to Manhattan. I've, I've, I've trained in, but it's a long process. You go, you end up in, you know, Times Square, basically Grand Central. Then you got to take the bus, okay. your airport. And, but it's so the driving's there's quicker, but, you know, then you're still leaving your car. You're paying, yeah. or, you know, you're, you're paying for parking or if the whole thing. Early, you get a hotel, you know, and Boston's, a, you know, I'm right between both cities. So it's like, okay, it could go Boston, but then I'm like, I'm driving further away from my destination, you know, to go there. Right. <laughs> and I mean, Jet Blue's direct from both of them, so I, it's I'm interchangeable. But you know, I've, done, well, I've, I've flown into Boston and took the train from Boston down to where I live, and like on the Amtrak alone, you know, oh, jeez, like, five in the morning. I've had a lot of crazy trips from Vegas <laughs> myself. Hartford was so convenient. I just fly in, somebody drops me off, picks me up. I go into my American Express lounge. Uh, so depressed. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's the thing about the Arlington Park is like it's literally Arlington. It's there's a train stop like in front of it, so it's like, I mean, maybe, you know, like but, <laughs> Arlington Bears is a good ring to it. I mean, man, yeah, no, it it, it, ain't, it ain't happening. It's just there's there's absolutely money in the Soldier Field, you know what the heck? They, they really did put them a lot of money. It wasn't not that long ago. A couple when they ago. turned it into the spaceship, yeah, yeah, it yeah. wasn't that long ago, and the yeah. long, long enough to move out already, hopefully. Yeah, well, you know, there's there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the city with all the uh, corrupt politicians. So you know, you just oh, never know what's gonna happen in Chicago. Uh, <laughs> is that the point where you're hoping Al Capone's great grandson runs for mayor or something? Right. <laughs> not called the windy city because of the weather let's let's just say that oh, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it was a, the, the, the oblong shape brown ball so yeah the schedule release very exciting we're opening up cowboys buccaneers so you get to see yeah. Tom terrific he's gonna look shiny and new the question All my dac shares coming back is, is tom uh, is he gonna fall off this year i you know you you could have made that bet every year for the past four or five years but you know, he's coming out under the lights. Dak Prescott's coming back from injury. Dak looked great. What was he throwing for? 700 yards a game almost of last season before he got hurt. It was like he was going to set all sorts of records. You know, is Tom Terrific going to be on the sidelines cursing, you know, like he does when they lose? And, you know, and he's sitting like, oh, and, he, you know, and he's like real stoic. Could yep, we see yep. the, you know that, that's the that's what I'm that's I'm for the drama with that. I want to see what happens with Tom, even though I traded for Mike Evans recently. So you know, <laughs> it, it ooh, ooh, that's, ooh, that's I, interesting. I don't want to talk about. It. I regret it. I, it's I wasn't a bad deal, but I just I regret it because I like Evans, but I just don't love the whole thing. I, I, I it was I had trade fever. It was it was like yep. was no storm. I was relaxing, and then you know, for, I, I, what do you think here? Super flex. I'm probably a contender. I'm thinking playoffs, so I, I'm you know I'm definitely back end of the whatever pick I get. So I traded Evans, 
And I got a couple thirds, which I forgot what the hell they turned into. Nothing that exciting or whatever in the late in the Not third in this draft. Yeah, no, it wasn't nothing to write home about because I don't even remember. But so I ended up trading away, though, my first and second next year and Marvin Jones. And at the time, you know, Marvin's at, you know, I, I we signed with, with the Jaguar. So it was kind of an okay signing, but I was looking at it. Like everyone was really high on Jones and the guy was like, well, I'll take Marvin Jones. And I was like, Oh, I can get rid of Marvin Jones. I'll get yeah. the hands. And then I'm like, so if, if it's a one twelve, two twelve, and Marvin Jones for Mike Evans, I feel like I win the trade. Oh, hundred percent. Well, you know, I don't know. It's tough. I love Mike Evans, but I, you know, I have the fear of Brady falling off. You got Antonio Brown. You got all these freaking guys signing there. How many, you know, it's like, Hopefully, I don't know. So we'll see. Listen, he's think about he's, that. Uh, he's a record holder of what seven straight seasons, a thousand yards. I mean, the guy gets it done. I should be celebrating. You know, it's it's the fear of those two catch ten yard games that you're like, eh, you know. Yeah, but you know what? That happened early with Brady last year. while they were kind of trying to figure things out, and then I think I think he kind of. Uh, you know, he, he obviously was touchdown reliant a little bit, but I mean, he still ended up with 70 catches. So he actually had more catches last year than he did with Jameis. It, it really is like everyone says that, oh, yeah, he's touched, but it's like he get he PPR wise, he catches a lot of balls. He's not catching 100 balls, but well, it's yeah, I just it's, it's crazy to think like. I mean, I don't know if people forget like how how good Godwin was in 2019. I mean, he was amazing, but because of that. Um, Evans only had 67 catches in 19, which was the Jameis year. And then with Brady last year, he actually had 70 catches. He just happened to have five more touchdowns. So, you know, that, that, you know, when you're talking a three catch difference, five more touchdowns is a lot of points, but yeah, I mean, the guy just gets it done every year, thousand yards, lock it in, you know, averages eight touchdowns a year. I mean. I'm I'm on a contender. I'm definitely taking that. Man, Which uh, and let let's keep that in mind here for a little bit later because uh, I, like, we'll, I like that. Thank you. Yeah, to that. I feel I'm like I'm a contender, but you know sometimes people feel that way and it's not true. So <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> word for it. If it's like the 106 next year, you're not gonna be too happy about that. <laughs> no, yeah, I'll be pissed. But and Mike Evans, after he has a bad year, I'll be nobody will want a piece of him at all. Because after I got him, I was like trying to flip him a little bit. You know, I was doing offers. Yeah. Like, Mike Evans in. Nobody yeah. wants him. I was the only guy in the league that wanted. I know you can't move. He's hard. He's hard to move. He's hard to move. And that's why when the guy was moving him, I was like, you know, he's vulnerable. He wants to move the guy, and it's like I'm kind of getting to steal a pick two years out. You know, the twenty one. Well, let's uh, well, th- you know, let's transition then into our uh, find me a trade here because that's that's one of the guys I want to talk about. It's Mike Evans. So, um, we got a couple submissions. Uh, actually, several here. So. Um, appreciate that. All the submissions guys. That's awesome. And we'll get to those, uh, in future episodes too. Cause again, we're going to do, we're going to keep finding me a trade going every week. And we're, uh, Rocky and I were talking about doing a, another whole episode on one, uh, here coming up soon. So, uh, we're going to keep doing that now, especially with the rookie drafts in full swing and, and some of that stuff going on. So we'll, we'll do some more of these. So this submission was from, uh, from my boy, Quinn dynasty, uh, he's actually, he's actually in that, uh, local, uh, league with John McGlynn and, uh, Steven Johnson and some of the guys we've had on here in the podcast over the last couple months. Um, so this team is, a, you know, I had a real hard time doing this cause I don't understand what this means. Um, Vito, maybe you can, you can tell me it's a, it says one 
It's the number one and the letters Q and B. One QB. Mm. I don't know what that. <laughs> what does that what mean? Does that mean one club. One one crib. Oh, you know what that is? That's the good quarterbacks the Bears had in their whole franchise history. <laughs> <laughs> <Jay> Cutler. <laughs> yeah, I like Cuddy. Oh, I love Cuddy. Uh, can you get, now Bears fan number ninety-one? Can, Tommy can, Harris. Tommy Harris. Poor yeah. Tommy Harris, man. I love. Oh, he had Go, the, baby. I like Tommy Harris, man. Love I love Tommy Harris. Him. Those are the good years. Those that was years. a sick line, man. Dusty Dvorak, that whole crew, man. Harris. He was. He won. Honestly, I don't. Alex have Smith. I bought a Tommy Harris jersey. Go figure. Man, yeah. Hey, uh, Oklahoma, right? Think he went to Oklahoma. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I remember, guys. For some that's reason, Michael somewhere that we're not on. I, no, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. All right. So, uh, Point Dynasty here. He he's a twelve team, one quarterback, uh, no premiums, thirty man roster, but you're only starting eight. So it's a one quarterback, two running back three receiver, one tight end, and then you have one flex spot. So you're pretty locked in here with these, um, with this lineup. There's not a lot of flexibility. So when that happens, when you have the, the thing is with all flex leagues, there's so many options and so many ways to build your roster. And then there's tons of philosophies on it. But when you have these locked in positions, you know exactly what you're matching up against every week with just one variable. So when you can find those advantages, particularly with an elite running back and elite tight end, that's going to give you the edge every week. So that's what I'm going to be looking for in this league. So in this one, it's a big taxi squad. Um, it looks like, I don't know if it's 30 plus a taxi, but it looks like these taxis are huge. It's huge. When I was looking, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And But the odd thing about this league was some people had a lot of guys on the taxi and there were some teams with like two people on the taxi squad, almost as if they like, I, I don't like for me, if I were in this league, I don't know who these other players are. I would just fill my guys up with guys that are in free agency just to have guys on the roster. So maybe somebody does something. Yes. That's the first mistake of the other teams. Cause the team we're looking at had a nice juicy, beefy taxi squad. Yes. The other teams, it was like two guys, you know, like you couldn't, there's not a rookie on waivers that somebody doesn't have that you just take. Great point. Great point. It it does. It looks to me like the leagues I'm in where you have a 30 man roster and then you have maybe an unlimited taxi squad or a 50 man taxi squad or 35 or a 15 or whatever it is. But you, you got to fill that up because I don't care if it's even just one year, you, you just <laughs> fill it up. Like you use those spots and see if somebody hits, even if a guy, you know, um, Travis Fulgham, you know, comes on and hits two games and bam, you flip them just like that. You know, I mean, yeah, you got to fill those rosters with guys. Little, so. trade sweeteners. It's like a little side dish. You're making yeah, like, yeah. You know, throw a little bit of Fulgham in here. See if it, see if it gets him to put him over. Cause he's like, I ah, absolutely. Auto Man. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's, that's a great point here. So I his team, I feel like it's draft season, any league the usually the rosters, sometimes they go up. Right. You got your roster, even if it's with bums, you know, even if it's a <laughs> bum, you fill the roster out, fill them you, up. You could always cut them, but you That's can't right. up once something good news breaks. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. So he, he's, uh, he's got a really good team here. Um, sometimes, uh, honestly, sometimes when you have a good team, that's where you can get into trouble because you get a little complacent. You feel like you're really strong. Maybe you don't make that move that you would have made if you 
you know, if you were on the cusp and you're trying to be that contender, you're trying to go for a ship. So um, it's, it's not always about, you know, looking at these rebuilding rosters too. It's when you have a good team, um, you know, what moves can you make and how can you do it? And so, uh, you know, we'll get into a couple of things here, but I, I did want to bring it back to Mike Evans since we were just talking to him. That's Mike Evans is one of his receivers. Um, and I would argue his, his receiver one, uh, granted, you know, he has Amari Cooper and Julio Jones and DJ Moore. Um, but he's loaded at, you know, Travis Kelsey and, uh, you know, as far as tight end. So pass catching wise, you know, he's filling up those, those positions very well. Now, what I would do if I was a contender, um, I do want a guy like Mike Evans, like you were just talking about for your team. I, I, you know, I, I love Mike Evans for, for that type of situation, especially for the cost you got him for. Now, if I have this roster in this league, I, I might be looking at moving him. Now, if he had a whole bunch of wide receiver, young wide receiver, you know, he has, you know, Justin Jefferson and a bunch of young guys and Mike Evans. Okay, fine. But honestly, Cooper and Evans and Julio, I mean, those guys are getting old. So I'm going to, to me, yeah. I'm going to try to move them. And, and the wick on the time bomb is, is starting to go get really close it, there for some. It is. Guys. It is. And so that's where I'm looking to say, all right, I've got a good team. I'm competing, but I also want to continue competing. It's dynasty. I, I, I want to compete this year and next year and the year after. And so I'm going to maybe start to look to move some of those veterans before they, you know, not just before they fall off a cliff, but I'd rather be a year early than a year late, you know, and one of those guys for me has been Devonte Adams and, and now look at what's happening with the Rogers situation. Right. So it's like, you know, yeah, the, you, you want to sell a year early than a year late, especially in those cases. And if we're looking at Brady, I mean, they just took a quarterback here in the second round with Kyle Trask. So you think maybe they've got something set up here for the future. Obviously, they're not afraid to go get a veteran. So I'll, I'll let Tampa Bay, you know, deal with that. That's fine. But Mike Evans should have a good year. He should still be able to bring you back something, even if it's upgrading a, a future pick or getting a rookie this year now they've already done their rookie draft in in this league so they already have have yeah. the rookies it's the rich keep getting richer in this league this guy in his, that was the thing that blew my mind because you look at this team you got kelsey and you say all right he's set you're starting eight guys he's got a positional advantage at, at kelsey his, his team's taylor swift you got the andre swift jonathan taylor you're feeling good receivers are talking about mike evans amari cooper julio jones dj moore and i mean brandon cooks is there Brandon Cooks, yep. You know, you could start in your flex in a pinch. And then let's go to this taxi squad, which is like this is some of you guys' whole starting lineup here. You got Trey Lance there. And I know he's still got Swift and Taylor on his taxi squad. You got Brandon Ayuk on the taxi squad. You got Pitts on the taxi squad. So Kelsey will retire. He's going to have Pitts, who is the Michael Jordan of all uh, tight ends already. Right. You look at this guy's team, and you can see it's tough. So three out of four years, he won the championship. You start to grow an emotional attachment to the guys. That's the hard part for the, him. So you're saying he won these titles. Julio Jones, you know, he looks like a crusty old, you know, broken foot for to someone like me who's a training for him. <laughs> to him, Julio Jones is a guy who's brought him the championship three out of four years. So that's that, right. me, that's where the blinders really go up. That's a great point. Placent, but – it's more about you start to you have you like your guys and you know what as stupid as it is sometimes you want that guy to just retire on you the Julio Jones you know he'll Julio sit in the squad 
retire, you know, hang the Julio jersey up in the rafters of the Taylor Swift. Uh, Hell yeah, you know, stadium there in this league. So, I, but but I think that's I think you're on the right track though because you know really running back wise he doesn't he has Swift and he has Taylor so we're all jealous right but depth wise you got Chase Edmonds here Josh Jacobs is there which is nice you know nicer yeah. months ago yeah. but yeah. you have a lot of handcuffs so he's got a lot right. of you know handcuff guys Madison Pollard basically he's got every handcuff in the whole league I don't know, this is like right. <laughs> Madison Pollard I love it I love that I build rosters that way all the time so I love what he's done here it's almost like do the other guys log in to, to, to this <laughs> his team is so good I don't I, I'm having trouble understanding what is going he actually on. owns all 12 of these teams and I, uh it's yeah. like the only weakness you could say though I mean he has Trey Lance sitting there but quarterback wise you know Wentz, Cousins, and Brady, yes, you know, Brady had a great year last year. But you're looking at, you know, Lance has to develop. You could have a quarterback void in the near future if Brady, you know, gets a boo-boo ankle. Tom Brady's not going to be coming back next year, you know, for throwing for five right. points for you. It could be the end of the line. And then you have Cousins, who incumbent behind Cousins has been maybe Mond, has been drafted. So there's a little controversy. Cousins isn't, you know, so comfortable in his throne. Sure, sure. Right? Wentz could be a guy, he's gone. You know, Wentz could be a guy, he stinks this year, and then that's the end of his career. So, you know, as great as his team is, you could see where there's got to be a changing of the guard here. Or that's right. Going to look like some of these other teams in the league that, and it's, well, and, teams have, and uh, you know, some guys have, of, this guy has four, 13 guys on the taxi squad, 18, 15. It's like unbelievable here. And so I think that's a great point with the quarterbacks too, because I always build my rosters uh, in the couple one quarterback uh, dynasty leagues. I, I still have, um, I really don't care <laughs> about the quarterback position. Um, I've won, yeah. you know, with Nick Foles and you know, who I, you know, whatever, I'll just pick them up. Uh, I think I ran with rivers last year in, in our league. I ran with them for a few weeks, rivers and Trubisky, and uh, I've won that one three straight years, so it's I, I don't I don't care about quarterback, um, but you know when you have a juggernaut roster, I mean that's the last position you fill out. And so if I were telling him, you know, if I were making a recommendation here, with based on the quarterbacks he has, I would say take Trey Lance because I think he has the highest ceiling, and you don't need him this year. So no. I'd say take a shot on him. If he hits and he's big, like you are absolutely loaded now because you have every position covered, every spot in that starting lineup. So I I love the picks of Lance there to to fill out that roster because, again, you don't care really what he does this year. It's more about going forward. If he hits that ceiling, if he's a, if he's a top five, top eight guy, um, you can get by with Brady Cousins once for the next year or two, at least, you know, even if it's two or three. Um, so I really like doing that there, but basically what I'm looking at now is I think Julio, you're right. There's an emotional thing there too. Um, but also he's just past the point where you're going to get any sort of return. He's better off being like the teams that I have Julio on are competing teams and he's going to die on my roster. I'm not going to trade him. Like, I don't think yeah. there's even an offer I could get that I would, because what am I going to trade him for? Like a, a third, two thirds, a second and a third. I mean, he could act as that trade sweetener, though, because so, suddenly you're in the trade and you're like, you know what? True. The guy in the other sky says, you know, I'm getting Julio Jones in this trade one or two years, you know? Yeah. Where, yeah. I mean, it, not it's a first round pick for him anymore, but, you know, he still has a little, you know, we'll see and we'll see he's, he's on the trade block here. So. 
his value could either is value. He's so expensive to trade. I just don't, I don't, I think it would be a horrible uh, financial move for that franchise. But if, if I don't see him going anywhere, I love what uh, Arthur Smith brings as a head coach and coordinator. So, um, you know, Julio, I'm happy to have him die in my rosters. Julio trade smoke. Uh, but and, you, you gotta, it, yeah, if you can use him as a sweetener, that's great. But otherwise, no, I'm going to be looking more like, really at trade. I'm, I'm the talking, guys you can, yeah, you, yeah. You, you yeah. think you're going to move him though? Like, what do you think that he, he's going to be a Falcon at, at week one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Move him. Ryan and Ryan and Julio are going to be there the next two years. Okay. All right. I, I, yeah. I have no inside information. I've been seeing yeah. all the rumors and I'm like, well, gee, this will be. I, honestly, you got to uh, listen. There's only one time there. Well, there's, there's, there's really only one time teams can't lie to us. And that's the draft. Okay. When they take a player, they take a player. They like him. Okay. Um, but the other time is when you're looking at the finances, I mean, it's the same thing with Rogers. If, if, People get this confused all the time. They they're saying that Rogers has no guaranteed money left on his contract, right? So if they cut him, they don't owe him any money. But if they trade him, they still have a huge dead cap hit, like 20 million. So why would the Packers give up their franchise quarterback and pay 20 million? You know, it it, it makes zero sense to trade him. It makes absolutely zero sense to trade him. So now we we take that same thing here and we're looking at the Falcons and we're going, Matt Ryan's locked in for the next two years. Like, I, unless he completely falls off a cliff, which then he'll most likely retire. But if not, if he wants to keep trying to play and he's fallen off and they just can't do anything, well, they're going to lose a lot of games and they're going to have a high pick. So it's not going to it's not going to matter. But following the money, trading or cutting Ryan or Julio makes zero 0.0 cents for that organization i don't care if they're rebuilding or whatever and listen they just they just took a tight end in this draft so they're obviously not rebuilding they think that they have you know the weapons here to compete and i would agree on offense i don't know what they're going to do on their defense but they definitely have some young talent so we'll see new philosophies but look at what arthur smith did with Tannehill, you know and and did with that tennessee offense and now you're putting that with the Falcons and all those weapons, like I'm telling you, it seems illogical for them, especially if they want, if they're competing, it's when Matt Ryan's sticking around, it seems illogical to trade Julio. And if they do, you figure they can't do it in the NFC because they're competing in the NFC. So it would have to be an AFC contender. And I'm going to give you a hypothetical here. I just want to give you a hypothetical for the Julio Jones value. So this is all we're going to circle back here. All right. I'm on. I'm. I'm. I'm cruising on overthecap.com here. Okay. Right? Yep. So I'm. I'm on the Falcons, and I look at this, and I say, all right, they have only. You know, they have no cap space. Six hundred thousand cap space right now. Yeah. So if I play around with this, and I go to Julio Jones and do dead money and cap savings, and we do for um, post June first trade post okay. June, Julio that Jones, helps. he that would helps have a little bit. He would have seven thousand or seven million says uh, seventy five thousand in dead money, but they would save fifteen million for the trade. Now here's okay. where I'm gonna get tricky on you. Okay. When you when you go and look at the at the Chiefs, who ha- who have some nine million in cap space and could make cap space, and you could make an argument that a team like that is a contender, and yep. maybe. Tyree kill and the, and the excitement of having Julio Jones there for a year or two where that, cause that's what confused me about the chiefs is 
they really didn't add a lot of weapons this offseason when it really seemed like, you know, nothing against Demarcus Robinson or Miko Hardman or anything. You know what I mean? Byron Pringle. Yeah, uh, Pringle. They brought Pringle back. Darrell Williams. Like, they really brought back a whole band of all their, you know, secondary players. But a team like that, you know, that's a team that they could trade them to. Could you see a Julio? I mean, imagine that. I mean, this is we're talking in La La Land, but if the rumors are true that they would sure. trade them post June 1st, Sure. Seem like in the position the Chiefs are in that could say, you know, we're one stud receiver away from really running away with. I mean, they're going to run with the run away with the division anyway, but they do have a glaring need for a veteran, awesome, you know, ball, you know, beautiful handed receiver there where, eh, you know, I was I was just, you know, I'm just throwing it out there that maybe there is a second life for those Julio Jones owners that yeah, maybe the trade will excite us a little bit. That I mean, well, obviously, if he goes to the Chiefs, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, that's gonna yeah, do it. And and you're right, like that that seven point seven five dead money number. I mean, it's huge, but it's it's nothing compared to Matt Ryan's is twenty five million. So like, he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. But you're you're right because the the twenty five dead and two savings for Matt Ryan makes zero sense. But the Julio number. Where you're you're gonna have dead money, but that 15 cap savings, you're absolutely right. That that is that is that is a definite possibility. That is a definite possibility. I don't think it's gonna happen because I don't see a team willing to pay that. Um, but in this scenario, I it, hey, it's, I it, it is. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. It makes I, sense I a little bit, hopefully. No, I I love it. Like that would be that would be awesome. It would help out the Falcons. They'd be able to sign some of their guys, and you and know they still got to sign their rookie class. Pitts. Russell Gage really. You know. Russell Gage has looked okay in Julio's. Right. Yeah, he's actually been solid. It's not as if they have nobody there, and really with that fifteen million, you know, they could add some secondary running backs. You know, they they there are different positions that they could yep. in depth. So you know, just. There might be life for Julio owners. I just want them to, you know. Okay. All right. All right. I like it. I like it. Teams. Maybe, maybe we could, you know, send them off to college somewhere else, and then you know, see so he could go finish up there. Hey, all the more reason that he's gonna die on my rosters because he's either gonna be with the Falcons or some contender is gonna come get him, and I'll be happy either way. So that works for me. That works for me. I like it. Sorry for derailing you again. I no, it's good. I like it. I like where that. I like where that went. That was that was good. Um, but yeah, I mean, circling back here, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us what you think about this uh, trade, and then I'll I'll read uh, what Rocky put on here. All right. uh, so for this, uh, find me a trade. Tell me, you know, your thoughts on it and kind of what, what I would... you came up with. Okay. All right. So my, so uh, let me let me get my you know scientist beaker here or get all ready. This is what I'm thinking. So I look at the league, I look at the team. You look at all all the league setup, and you know basically it, you don't want to do something drastic because you are you're it, he's this is the, pretty much the best team in the league. I'm sure if we weighed out all the players, I agree. You know, looking at the other teams fairly quickly, you see that there's most teams have gaping holes where this team. Every every position's a little solid. So, what do you do? You, you have aging receivers. Can you try to get a younger receiver? The price is so high on young receivers. It's really, yeah. if if you could find an owner that wants to get get rid of an, uh, a young receiver, maybe you throw in some of your running backs. That's an option. But w- what I wrote, what I decided on was 
him going after a stud running back like Barkley, trying to sell, find a team. Basically, the whole theme is it doesn't have to be this this trade, but my theme for a team like this with great depth, you know, a taxi squad with all studs on it. But you're saying, as we as I mentioned before, he has a lot of handcuff guys. He has he has Latavius, Tony Pollard, Madison. You know, he has Damian Harris who might excite somebody. Fournette that maybe the uh, the Rojo owner wants. You have Edmonds that the Connor guys like. Oh my God, I could have a whole backfield if I get Edmonds. Sure. So for me, what I would do is take these pieces, and then you have he has a surplus of quarter. It's one QB, but. If you look through this league, there are some teams that are in bad QB situations here. Well, you, you, well, let me scroll. There was one. There was a couple of teams. I was like, oh my god, the, the, you know, one guy gets hurt. Or look, at, this is the team I was I was going to have him trade with. Walter White's birthday bacon, Flacco, <laughs> Mariota, Rogers, and Trubisky. And I go to the taxi squad, <laughs> and you got Mac Jones and Kellen Mond sitting there. But you say, maybe this guy looks at Kirk Cousins and says. I got it. I might have my new starter here. What happened? You know, Rogers could retire still. And who was he going to start? Right. You know, you're saying you need a, even so it's one QB, you need at least one or two on your team. Sure. <laughs> so what I would do is I would look at my, accentuate my positives in my championship roster, look at them and say, you know what? Where can I make a trade that makes somebody else want to take these guys that, you know, I can't trade Tony Pollard to somebody for much, or I can't trade Kirk Cousins in a one QB league. But you go to this team where you say, "All right, he, he Mond would help this guy. He or he has Mond. Cousins would help this guy. It would make him feel a little. It would make him feel a little better at least." And then you say, "Yes, Connor, throw Edmonds in a trade. Maybe now he's got Cousins. Now he's got Edmonds. Now this guy's saying, all right, this is okay. Well, you know, uh, what what do you want?'" And then you say, "All right, receiving room. This guy has, you know, I don't want to say a putrid receiving room, but you got <laughs> Allen Robinson, you know, Marvin Jones." I'm trying to find Rashard Higgins. I mean, Sterling Shepard. So, I mean, while we're sitting here, you know, and Darnell Mooney on the taxi and Devonta Smith on the taxi. So some, some upside on his taxi could bring up. But sure. We're talking about the, all this guy's receivers. You have Brandon cooks, you have Julio Jones, maybe one of these receivers that a normal team would say, ah, I don't want to invest in that guy. If, if Walter white wants to compete this year, maybe he wants to take the last two years of Julio or maybe sure. he last two concussions of Brandon cooks or whatever, or, or Tyrod Taylor throwing the cooks, whatever happens this year, you know? So my trade I had was him, was him sending to this team cousins, okay. to compliment Mon Edmonds to compliment um, Connor Julio to add to his receiver room and then Josh Jacobs. So that's a big, okay. so this, this yeah. picking up two running backs that he needs death right now. His starting is Saquon's a starting running back, but, he, he's going to be starting Rojo or James Conner. And what the hell? I think this guy had Fournette, too. He could throw Fournette in the deal. And Absolutely. Like, this team suddenly has, all, you know, it's not the best depth, but it, it could fill out a starting lineup, and suddenly you're, you know, you can make some sure. moves and pivot, and you're targeting, you know, one of those big guys because with the eight, you know, the eight-man starting lineups, it's like if you have Jonathan Taylor, and well, we're assuming Swift Oof. is going to be really good, and you have a guy like Saquon, not that this guy would do this trade, I'm saying, but Right, there's a world where that person looks at all these aging assets on this guy's team, where he has 20 guys on his taxi squad. He's got guys he could throw away at this point. That right. he's never going to start. Right. So, say you're starting Barkley in your flex every week, and you're just starting three of those receivers. To me, that was the move. So taking basically taking the depth and turning that into yeah. a higher end starter. Yeah, and keep, yep. keeping your, you know, he. he I mean, keeping your core. You're keeping, yeah, you're keeping the core and you're adding somebody great. And it doesn't have to be Barkley, but 
you know, that's what that's really what you'd have to do with this guy. The you know, Taylor's well, team with all these great players. It's like, and I like that you use Barkley because you know, two years ago we'd be like, ah, oh, that's you know, that's a pile of trash for a stud. You know, like, nah, who's going to do that? But that's not the case now. I'm seeing Barkley being moved pretty reasonably. Guys are getting worried about him being well, an injury, well, and he's on the Giants. Look at this team without Barkley last year. This team had to be terrible. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. Unless, I don't know what happened in his offseason, but without Barkley, you're talking Ronald Jones, James Conner, Ty Montgomery. I mean, this is like <laughs> having all the, this influx of younger talent, Edmonds, you know, even Fournette in there. It's like this is something where if I were Walter White, I'd say, you know what, I got to cash in on Barkley. And if you don't go the I want the, the draft pick route, I'll give me all your draft picks, hold up. You know, maybe this guy says, you know, maybe I could compete this year. I have Allen Robinson. I get Julio Jones. I short my backfield. I have Devonta Smith and Mooney. You know, maybe this guy's looking and saying my rebuild could go a little bit faster. You know, sure. I mean, I don't have to plunge. I could go to retool. And I don't know what draft picks this guy has, but. Right, 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 right. Man, I, I want to make the trade now. <laughs> I got to yeah. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll have to take over the team. Walter White's birthday bacon. <laughs> Paul, hit up hit up uh, Vito's casino and uh, let's get him in. Let's get him in there. Let's get him in there. I mean, yeah, I I totally get it. Uh, I'm on board too, and I'm I'm also I'm willing to take. If you see Barkley as a risk, I'm willing to take a risk with a roster like this because Barkley gets hurt again. Like you're still you're still probably the best team. Like you did, you know what I mean? Like uh, you're just putting yourself in, in a great position here to you know you can whether some injuries or, you know, whatever may happen. So yeah, I, I love taking, taking a risk in that case. Um, so here's what Rocky came up with. So Rocky noted that uh, this team, Paul's team here has an extra 22 first and second. So he's got those extra picks along it. You know, sometimes you see these rosters and you go, you go, wow, this, this team, you know, yeah, he's stacked, but he has no picks for the next three years. You know what I mean? But this guy, you know, Paul's got it down, man. He's got extra picks going forward. So what he's saying is, hey, since I know I've got these these picks in the future, I can add some depth next year, some rookies, some some youth. So I'm going to trade Amari Cooper and Brandon Ayuk for Tyreek Hill. And I'm going to go for that. You know, I'm going to upgrade to that level of, um, you know, getting that elite guy in there. Yeah, you're getting that home run. I mean, yep. That's a big play, win you a week, you know. Yeah. And, 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 you know, his philosophy here, as he goes on to say is essentially, you know, what you're saying here with, with uh, moving the depth for the studs. And it says with only eight starters, it's more important to have as many studs in your lineup as possible. Depth is less of a concern. Um, he has at least five start worthy wide receivers and only needs three, maybe four with a flex it's by weeks, whatever like the idea of combining a two for one for the upgrade. Personally, I think Ayuka is a little overvalued based on the production while most of the team was injured last year. So he's talking about, you know, all the Niners were hurt. Ayuk was the guy. He got a lot of production. Um, but if, if he wants to try to hold on to Ayuk, he could combo one of these other guys, you know, like Cooks or somebody else. But I think he'd probably need some youth to, to pull uh, Tyreek Hill. So I, I like uh, Ayuk there. Um, and the team that has Tyreek, basically just has Tyreek at wide receiver and not much else. So he's essentially trading one starter for two. And so that's why that, that team may consider it. Um, it's the same philosophy. It really is. Yes, but it, it's exactly the same thing here of let's package a few things yep. together to get something really nice and shiny. 
Yeah, ab- absolutely. And you know what? Uh, for me, I'll, I'll tell you like this time of year, now that we're after the draft, not so much, but there's before the draft and free agency and a lot of stuff going on. There's, there's maybe a little bit of uncertainty of like, who really are the studs that I want to go get? I mean, obviously, yes, we know the top, top guys, but like, who's that next tier that's, that we can actually trade for that, that, that might be, we might have a shot at getting them, Um, you know, and really that stuff doesn't start to fall into place here until after the draft, we kind of see things lay out and, you know, not there's not going to be major roster changes from this point going forward. Sure, there will be camp battles and there will be injuries and there might even be a couple trades or cuts or whatever. But uh, for the most part, we kind of see how things are laying out. And when you can go and target some of these guys and, you know, like you said, with the Cardinals backfield and some of those other ones where it, it makes sense to to own them, even if like you're not a handcuff guy, you're saying, well, this is this isn't even a handcuff situation. I just want to own this backfield because I don't know what the hell is going to happen. Yeah. You know, I Connor might come in and, and be great, you know, if he can stay healthy and he's good, that's, you know, and then where there's Edmonds is a guy we really like and, you know, Hey, let's give me both of them. And, and that'll give me one starter, you know? And so uh, this is the time of year where we're starting to figure some of that out. And, you know, maybe later in the year, we might not have the opportunities to make those trades because maybe Connor tears an ACL and it's like, well, okay, now we know it's Edmonds, you know? And in this case, that would, that would be fine because he has Edmonds. So it it give him more value, but if it's the other way around and now it's like, well, now that, that piece doesn't help you at all. It doesn't give you anything. So um, you got to take advantage. Each time of the year is going to be a little bit different on what you're taking advantage for. And keep in mind that we talk about, the most value a pick has is literally right before the draft or right on, on the clock. Yeah. Right. Clock is ticking. Usually that's well, that's depending on typically the most value it's going to have. My picks lose value depending on who they pick in front of me. Well, and that's right. Right. So you, you might be right before it might be right at, but that's, that's the maximum value for those picks. But also people are still thinking drafts. So those 22 firsts are still very valuable. So right now is the time to get those veterans. Right now is the time you want to buy those vets that everybody's thinking about the rookies and the young guys. And, and again, even the 22 firsts and seconds, they're, they're, they're already like, man, this draft, I love drafting. It's so much fun. Rookies, shiny objects, you know, all that stuff, right? And so this would be the time to utilize that, especially if you're going to move a, a 22 first um, or even a 23 first if you can that's you can get one back you have a whole year to get one back you know so if if you're like well i don't you know i don't like to move my first or i like to have a pick or i need some youth that's fine you got 11 months to get one back you know or maybe even more if you haven't had your draft yet so deadline people are desperate it's easy to get those picks sometimes well absolutely and that's the only negative about trading a guy like Edmonds or these guys away is you're trading, you know, Edmonds, he could be at a high value here, depending on if he comes out and he falls flat and, and Connor does well, or you could be selling Edmonds at a low here where Edmund comes out and he's flying around the field. And those great Edmonds games are the norm now, you know, and that's why they didn't right. draft running back. So it's there, you know, but that that's, there's always that inherent risk, but you're hoping that whoever you're trading with sees the beauty in your, your secondary player, you know, that's, that's right. Player. When you, when Pollard's in the trade, they're going to be, you know, be a little bit more interested than somebody else. I mean, I, I don't know. Pollard seems to be really popular actually, but like Madison, 
Madison's one where really the cook owner is your target audience. If the Kirk yes. owner, you're going to deal with the cook owner done. Nobody's yes. for Alexander Madison. Yes. Speaking of that, I, uh, <laughs> I try to trade the Madison. I own, I, I have like 12 shares of Madison. I try to trade Madison to the cook owner uh, around the draft. I was trying to move my picks up because I, I had a rebuilding year. It turned, this is actually another one quarterback league I'm in. And I was supposed to be rebuilding and I ended up in the third place game and playing the guy whose picks I got the first and second. So now I have the one Oh nine and the one ten that, you know, and the two Oh nine and the two ten. I was like, son of a, what are the chances that both of us who sucked ended up both being in the third place game? And now my picks are late. Uh, but anyway, I was trying to take those seconds or even the first and ju just try to do something. And I was like, you know, Madison, come on, do something, cook owner. Come on, you know, Anyone like that meme where it's like you you got a stick and you're like, you know, do something, you know. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, and so uh, so he, he, last year it ruined the Madison. You know what I mean? Like, if cook, yeah, people, people be like, oh, yeah, let me get him. Or now they're like, oh, no, cookies invincible again. Well, so that's the thing. So now, now he's like, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't really care. I don't really care about handcuffing, whatever. And I was like, fine, then just trade me cook. So I ended up trading for cook. So he didn't have to hand, he didn't have to pay for Madison at least. So what's right. Yeah. Hey, I already got him. That's great. That's so now, now my, now my philosophy is I'm going to try to move the handcuff, but if I can't, I'm going to try to get the starter. <laughs> so what did you end up having to give up for cook? Was he low on cook or did you, you know, you pay a healthy price for him? Um, I, so here's the thing, this draft class to me, um, in a, in a super flex league, love the first round. Love it. I've got 13, 14 guys. Um, really, really like. So that top 201, 202, I'm, you know, I, in a 12 team league, like it. But in a one quarterback league, there's about like four guys that I like. So, you know, outside of, uh, you know, a couple of running backs and pits and chase, uh, you know, maybe five, maybe six, but like 109 and 110, I'm just going like, eh. You're basically eh. already in dart throw zone. You're eh. I mean, I don't, I don't want my first round pick to be a dart throw. Yeah. I want my third round picks to be dart throws. Yeah, you, yeah. you want to walk out of the first round and say, "All right, this guy will he'll be starting at some point in the near he's, future. He's going to be in my line. Yeah, maybe not from day one, but this guy is going to be a starter for me. That's exactly right. And so you had that um, capital that you were um, excited about to spend, and then you're sitting at nine and ten, and you're like, "This isn't really as juicy as it seemed like for my rebuild here." When not at all. So who was on the? So you you ended up trading out of this then. Okay, so yeah, so I'm I'm trying to pull up the trade here so I can make sure I get it right. Um, uh, let me see if I can find it here really quick. Um, but yeah, so so he wouldn't take Madison. He didn't really want to move around. So I ended up let's see if this uh, gives me his history here. I'm trying to find. I am in too many damn leagues to figure <laughs> out exactly what my trades. And you know, I, at one point here, I had like 22 drafts going on. So. It was uh, a little hectic it, on the it, phone. It was, it, it's, it's been a crazy, uh, crazy couple of weeks here since the draft. Um, but yeah, let me sheesh. So, but I, but I do like the, the role reversal you did where you tried to sell Madison, but like, you know, saying, let me just get something for Madison here. I just want to do something. And then when the guy rejected you, you said, all right, well, what about we do it reverse and and I can I need let me get my Madison handcuff from you of Dalvin Cook. Exactly. Okay, so what I did is um I 
I knew so this guy he had I think he had Barkley, CMC, and Cook, and uh, a couple other players. I mean, he was loaded going into the last year, clear number one contender. I traded for his picks and thinking I'm getting the you know 212, 312, 412, whatever. And well, Barkley got hurt, CMC got hurt, his team tanked. So, and he had no depth because he was so top heavy. And uh, so I knew he wanted some youth and some players. So I said, uh, I'll give you Dobbins and my 110, which here's the thing a few months ago, I, I would have been like, I'd never trade Dobbins and a first for Cook. Yeah. I would never do that never it would be the other way around like you want dobbins give me cook and a first and i'll give you you know what i mean i might consider it but because this draft class i'm like who am i getting at 110 like who i'm like, going at 110 to the draft I, you know so it's like i don't i don't think i care really <laughs> um so i traded dobbins in the 110 and uh i i got cook and i got back uh also russell wilson which again in one quarterback's this is how I get my quarterbacks. I don't really care about them. I had really none on my roster. I had like Breeze and Haskins and Trubisky. Like I was rebuilding. I don't care. You know, yeah. I lose yeah. games. I don't, you know, Man, whatever. Hopefully um, I'm in the third place game here. Yeah. Well, yeah. Who who knew? Because I drafted, you know, Dobbins and Akers and Gibson, or I traded for Gibson, James Robinson. Uh, you know, I, I mean, just absolutely had a crushed the draft last year and it's you know how rare is it you know you hit on these guys over so many leagues but to get them all in one league it was yeah, like, like every you know uh, holy cow um so i pick up this wilson share which now because i'm already a competitor so i might as well get a quarterback that can do something for me and essentially i saw it as a throw-in you know so to me it was like the guy has three quarterbacks give me a starter i don't care who it is um so one ten, so I, I got uh I gave up the one ten and Dobbins got Cook and Wilson. He took uh Trevor Lawrence with the one ten. So I mean, so he, he so I, I guess in a way, I mean it, it really is so, a fair deal to me. I mean, yeah. It, I, so you want Dobbins and, and Wilson, you know, Dobbins or I'm sorry, uh Dobbins and Lawrence, or do you want Cook and Wilson? And I mean for my roster, that's literally everyone is under 25. I don't mind having Cook and Wilson because I, it, it's so young that I, I don't mind having a couple of veterans. Like even if there's only a couple years left, if if my team, if I win this year, it was all worth it. Well, especially since you were in the playoffs, you, you're you're pivoting from I'm in this rebuild, so, right? Okay, the way this league is shaken up, I'm my team quickly turned into a contender with my excellent draft I had last year and the way things broke this year. And this guy is reeling from feeling. He probably walked into the season feeling like he's going to win the championship. Oh, absolutely with, did with Barkley, CMC, and Cook. And then within the first few weeks, suddenly he has got Cook, and he, and he's like, "What am I going to do here?" And he's got these. Exactly. So now, for I could see like he he this is I can see both you guys walked away feeling like he won the trade because he's hundred oh, percent. The sky's the limit, and I 100%. got the sky's the limits. And you're saying, you know what? I'm a contender now. I got Russell Wilson, a nice, consistent quarterback, and now I have Dalvin Cook. And just it's just the, the icing on the cake to make it more worth it to you is you have the Madison share. Madison. So and and as crazy as it is, as minuscule as we were making Madison out to be, the whole reason this is a win for you is because of Madison. That's the sick part. Right. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Madison to be like, ooh, that's a little risky, you know. Cook's yeah. years. Well, you're like. 
this is harmonious for your team. And and I'll top it all off. I ended up trading back um, with a couple other picks that I had, and it with my like very I don't know the four ten or something like the end of the draft. I took Keeney Nwangwu, who the Vikings took in the fourth round. He's a running back. He's not really a pass catcher. You're, um, you got the double life insurance policy. So on I'm like, you know back. what? All these guys are the same to me. It's the fourth round. I don't care. How about I just take this guy? Now I've got Minnesota locked down. Honestly, that, that uh, some people I, I know, you know, obviously at the top of the draft, your best player available. But yeah, what, oh, always. You always. get to that third and fourth round. I mean, that's how you really got to do it. You kind of say, who, if something goes wrong on my squad, is there anybody here that can help me? You, you want to know my other sneaky thing I do too that, that always that people, it's weird that I mean, because I join leagues. But one thing people forget is that a lot of leagues, free agents are in the draft pool. So right. there was two or three leagues that just this past weekend, I'm the first guy pulling these guys out of the, you know, out of the draft pool where people are like, what, what are you driving? How is he drafting this guy? You know what I right. mean? Right. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, well, I don't know. We're in a tight end premium lead. Blake Jarwin's on waivers for the 301 or, you know, the 32. Anthony Furser was a guy I saw out there. It was like, yeah, I'll take him with my fourth round pick. Sure. And that, I mean, that's really a good tip that I feel like even savvy, you know, I'm in a lot Absolutely. of, it's like, I'm always the first guy going to the free agents. And it's like, you know, when, once you're in the third round, yeah, it's fun to say, I'm going to get Palmer for the, for the chargers. You know what I mean? But you know right. what? I was in a league and I was sitting there like, do I take Palmer? And then I look at the free agents. And I'm like, why is Russell Gage sitting in free agency here? You know, I mean, for some reason, that's something must have dropped them. Something happened in the playoffs. And it's like, why? I got to take Russell Gage. I, I, you know, if you were in the, I should have took him in the second round. You know what I mean? It's like, this is a guy that's, if they trade Julio, is going to be a two, oh, absolutely. 150 point, 200 point guy, probably. And it's like, you know, so that a little off tangent there, but no, that's, I, I love it. That's a great point. And I, I do that all the time. And the funny thing is, like, it depends on, you know, what platform you play on, but you can set it. Whereas any available player can be in the draft or you can set it as rookies only. So it's whatever the commissioner sets up. And so you got to pay attention to that. If you're, if you're scrolling through these players and you're like, there's non rookies in here. Well, that, that means you can draft them. I mean, now if you're, if your bylaws say you can't, then you need to tell your commissioner to change that Jesus. because that's, that's not right. He didn't set it up right then. Um, so you, you got to take a look at that, but if your bylaws don't, you have to draft a rookie and that free agent pool is open. You, listen in the third round, I don't, I don't know what exactly what the fourth round rate is at this point, but I'll tell you it's significantly lower, but in the third round, you have a 12% chance of drafting a player that can get you one game as a top. 12 uh top 24 running back top 36 wide receiver top 12 tight end Damn, i didn't know that now with that number there that really reinforces what we're talking about here because so you're dropping you you, you have a 12 percent chance of like having a starter for one week like who cares so if there's a veteran out there that can that can get you some points uh that can fill in your lineup you know, it obviously depends if you're rebuilding, you know, maybe just take the, take the shot on the rookies. I mean, for me, I love third round picks because I can either throw them in deals to make trades or they're my dart throws. And I'm taking those high upside. I'm taking those guys. I don't care. Listen, if this guy never even, if he gets cut, if he's a keen Butler, <laughs> you know, I'm fine taking him in the third round. 
Um, you know, because if he has the upside of like, hey, he can be a you know a number two receiver, or you know, he can hit as a running back for a few weeks, like a handcuff, something like that. You know what I mean, right? So, so yeah, that's I love that tip. That's yeah, absolutely that's a great point. The team, when you look at your team up and down, you say, what brings me more value? This yep. third or fourth receiver on a team that you know his tape looked okay he's sitting in the third round and i'm, I'm going to draft him then i'm using you know palmer as the example of i'm going to yeah yeah with herbert or do i look elsewhere and say you know what i can get a receiver that you know or even like here here's a guy that that was in a, a couple of late drafts that I, I i didn't pick up but i was looking at that was on waivers like a kiki kuti like a guy he's yep. young. He was in the doghouse in in Houston, but greener pastures are now in Houston, and he's actually right. playing time. He ended the season strong. A lot of times, those guys that end the season strong, they're sitting on your your depending on your you know obviously your roster size. But right. there's a lot of times there's guys that just are sitting there because you know they hit in the past couple of weeks, or maybe something happened and the depth chart suddenly they're in the you know number three or number two now, or sure. or four or five, where you know to get it before that blind bidding frenzy you know that that's why i and i like it because in my leagues like when i'll set up the five round draft specifically so you know what teams that sure. are bad those fifth and fourth and fifth round picks now you're saying all right let me try and add some quality veteran depth before the frenzy you know when the rosters are big and then we cut down for that big blind bid uh, you know right right okay, okay. Bid when all the roster cuts happen and everyone could start making moves but you know, I feel like it makes the rookie draft more fun a little bit. So, I mean, oh, that, yeah. absolutely. I always set mine up to um, it's whatever the setting is that it's the available pool. So whoever's out there can be drafted. Well, so. well especially because you want it to be like the NFL and we don't have a free agency in Dynasty. You know, you right. don't have a period where the waivers open. At, I mean, some leagues probably do, but for the most part, you don't have a period where waivers open after the playoffs or, you know, there's any way to get players that are sitting there. To well, act. and that's kind of the point, right? Is you want this build up to the draft and you want these players. So it's like, you can't just be playing on news and free agency and all that. Like those guys are locked. Like that's it. After the season yeah. waivers lock now draft time. Now that's where you start to make decisions. And I mean, I'm even in a few leagues, uh, the safe leagues um, that Scott fish runs that they're, there are no transactions once the season starts um, because they're best ball leagues. Uh, okay. So all off season, you know, all season you can trade, you can add drop what I, you, you know, you have a rookie draft, a six round rookie draft. You could do, you can do everything you normally do, but once the season starts, that's it. And there's no waivers and there's nothing. That's it. You <laughs> set your lineup. So the best part is you'll have guys like, legit players that came out of nowhere that all of a sudden are now in the rookie draft. And now that's really where your, your dynasty knowledge and, and your evaluation comes into play. Cause then you're like, well, do I take this guy that hit last year? He came out of nowhere or do I take this rookie that's got this upside, you know? And I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty wild, but um, it's just a different aspect, you know, something different, something different. I, I really got you off the rail side. I'm sorry. I'm so, I'm so no, sorry. this is great, man. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Hey, no, I, and, and with that, we're, we're going a little long as we always do. So, um, you know, but that's it, man. We'll, uh, that's the end of our show sheet. So that's the end of our show as our friend outhouse always says, um, anything else you want to, you want to pimp or, or throw uh, out there or. Yeah. Well, you know, follow me on Twitter at Vito's casino. Uh, 
check, you know, check out my gambling podcast. Um, yes. Well, Google cousin Vito into any podcasting. I come up that when I was coming up with a name for the show, I was like, I want something people could search. And I said, you know what? Cousin Vito's casino podcast. You type casino or you type cousin Vito. You find me. I come the first thing that comes up. Usually I just had an, a great interview with a card counter, a, a recreational card counter. And, you know, it's just oh, I can't wait to listen to, to that. hear the um, the trials and tribulations of, you know, trying to go because I go into the casino. I'm giving them money. I, you know, I, I don't I try to <laughs> smart, but I'm going, for you know, where a card counter, you know, it's a different it's a different dynamic. They're hunting you down. They want to throw you out of the casino. It's a different adrenaline rush. You're more like a secret agent as opposed to like, you know, I'm James Bond with the martini laughing, having a good time. They're coming in like the CIA. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, I love it. Yeah. ID. And, you know, check out the old episodes. I've had some big guy. I've had Daniel Negreanu on there. Fossil Man Raymer. Oh, wow. Winners. Man. I had not a New York guy, but I had uh, Craig Carton. He uh, he actually went to, he was a New York, he's a New York shock jock. He went to jail for a big blackjack uh, embezzlement. Really? He had, yeah. And he's back on the air now, but he came on the show after he got out of prison to talk about, you know, his gambling problems. So, that, you know, we, I run the game. <laughs> I'm we're dining where, you know, we talk about it all because, you I know, love I, it. I'm a recreational gambler. I, I, you play within your means. You have a good time. You have a good meal. Right. That's right. Room. So yeah, check out the podcast. Or if you want to hear me talk about dynasty, big boy, the big boy dynasty fantasy football podcast, the longest name in podcasting. Uh, you could type that in. I, I love I, it. And there's Scott, I got to have you on. The, I got to have you on the big boy show now. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm in. Maybe I'm we'll in. do the, uh, the the big boy draft review. We'll have you grade every give everyone draft grade draft grades. Absolutely, yeah. That's hey, that's what we do for the dynasty roast. So yeah, we we'd I, love to I do that. Your leagues that, got ten thousand leagues out there. I don't know if I'm gonna to, you know get into your schedule. <laughs> yeah, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. I love it. I love it. That's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you being on. It's great to have the double dip with you here with the. Trade addicts and junkies back to back, man. It's right. a good time for sure. Right. Outside the door, jealous now. With this, we've just spent two nights together this past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you got to follow this guy at Vito's Casino and uh, hit him up for your orphans, man. Because I know he doesn't need more leagues, but I'll tell you what, the leagues are more fun when he's in them. So, Thank you. Uh, yeah. Well, well, and side note, that's another little hobby. I'm a wrestling professional wrestling manager. So, so I don't know if what? I. <laughs> So I'm I'm I I I've been off this past year because of the COVID. But I, oh right right I've uh, you know I manage this this company Northeast Wrestling and I've been you know I've been blessed I got the you know, I don't know if you know wrestling at all I've no got I don't the Mick Foley the Mandible Claw oh I've, I do know Mick Foley yeah I've met all the, all my childhood heroes I held Hulk Hogan's beer once while he took a piss that's one of my <laughs> <laughs> that's your claim to fame I'm a I'm a bad guy manager so part of my part of my thing is everyone hates me and it's and in the leagues it's just so easy you know it's like it's kind of like my nature to be like the ball breaker so we're like most recently you could actually see me you know the movie star David Arquette yes yes scream he came out with a documentary uh, uh, about you know his oh wrestling. yeah yeah I'm in it because I I worked this whole program with him with the king we fought him like three or four times David Arquette and and really we, yeah we went to he was at uh, some New York's uh, some signing in New York City. And we went and crashed the signing and got in a big fight with him to build up our match for. No, we had see, uh, he was on uh, ridiculousness a uh, couple like a couple weeks ago, and he was he had his belt and he was pimping it and whatever, and he was doing the whole thing. So Arquette's a cool dude. Like, okay, I'm, okay. 
out of all, you know, I, I, I've met some celebrities, but our cat is the most generous, nicest guy. You know, obviously we feud, we hate each other in real life. Right, right, right. I've never going, you know, he's a very generous, nice guy. And oh, that's so yeah, cool. And yeah, NortheastWrestling.com, I manage King Brian Anthony. So I've gotten, you know, beat up. I got worms. I had to eat worms once. This guy, the boogeyman, he spits worms out. He beat me up, chokes at me, and then he spit worms into my mouth. Uh, so I've had my ass beat pretty bad. It's it's I I, I lead a weird life. So <laughs> it, it, if, if it weren't the truth, it'd be sound like I'm making it up. I'll tell you. That. I just I I mean, listen. If if you want to have wild stories, just name your son Vito. Because I mean, it's I, you I know. did name my son Vito. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know what? You want to hear how Italian I am? He doesn't even know his name is Vito. We just call him Sonny. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. That um, sounds about right. You know, yeah. I didn't know what to name him. We, I, I couldn't come up with anything. And I you said, know, and then Uncle Frank comes over and Giovanni and Nicola right. and, you know. So every No, everyone's named Anthony. For, I, Anthony, I, I, Anthony. Yeah. Well, hey, Tony. Hey. Anthony. I want to name him Anthony, but all my cousins are Anthony. So I have, <laughs> Vito's the only name that I like own the rights to. So I, I just, I used it. You know, it's like I copyright. Oh, that's great. Well, you were saying goodbye before I derailed you for the fourth time. I love it. I love it. What a show. Oh, man. At Vito's Casino. Follow this guy. Always, uh, always a good time. Thanks again to Quinn Dynasty. Uh, thanks again for all the submissions for Find Me a Trade. We're going to keep cranking on those and, and get those in here. We're going to do a lot of them over the off season um, because there is no off season in Dynasty. It's a non-point scoring season. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Sidlow, though. Um, I'm usually just bragging about getting in the Scott Fishbowl or just retweeting other guys like Vito's Casino. Uh, please check us out on the DAP Network. Follow and subscribe to DAP Network. And we'd love to get your uh, rating reviews on, on Apple or anywhere you listen to us, really. And with that, we'll be back next week. Rocky will be back. We've got another great show for you. Thanks again. Appreciate you. Junkies out.